Welcome to Every Quarter, the voice of Andover, Phillips Academy's official podcast where we share the compelling stories, thoughts, and ideas of our faculty, alumni, students, and distinguished campus guests. Our monthly show features candid conversations on current events, academia, and Andover's connection to important matters happening around the world. Reunion weekend is a special time for our alums. Everyone is back on campus, savoring the nostalgia, seeing old friends, and reconnecting with the school that shaped their formative years. We wanted to capture this feeling, so for Reunion 2017, we tried an experiment. We set up a tent, a table, and some chairs in front of GW Hall and invited alumni to sit, relax, and reflect. We called it the EQ Lounge, and these are their stories. Uh, you know, it's funny, I was walking around here and I was sort of asking myself the same question because <clears throat> honestly, it's so, I mean, I had such, uh, it's, it's a cliche, but I just, I'm overwhelmed by e even this many years out, 35 years later, I'm still overwhelmed by the power of what I learned here, of what it felt like to be here, of being surrounded by people who are s smarter than I was and even more driven than I was and more focused and all those things that you sort of you, you rise to the level you're with usually or fall to it and I think I remember most being around so many amazing people including the teachers and so coming back here it's a swell of emotion it's actually I mean not, not joking around it's it's overwhelming and it's a great way I feel like it comes up in ways when I'm like least expecting it to. Like it's not the traditional like, oh, I learned this in History 300 or something like that. But when I came to Andover, I was obviously a New York City kid, but I had no like no sense of like what actual independence meant. Even though I was like, oh, I go to school by myself in one of the biggest cities in the world. Of course, I'm independent. Um, so it's still sort of moments like that where I'm able to like execute something where I like didn't maybe haven't fully thought it through. But I'm like, oh, like I'll figure it out. I'll do it. Like that. I feel like I learned here. Uh, great confidence in my ability to uh, take a problem, whether it be social or uh, intellectual, and solve it. Or if not solve it, just give it my best effort and then not worry about whether I solved it or not. You know, having those students, those teachers, and this you know, wonderful setting and this history and these expectations and these opportunities, I mean, it sounds like I have rose-colored glasses on, but they're really blue-tinted. Now, we could be fair, maybe, and say, well, often in high school, that's about the time when they do begin. But the difference is, if you begin here, really, the sky seems to be the limit. to say it, if you go to Andover you sink or swim so you know more than like just like the time management skills and like the mechanical skills that are instilled in you uh, there's more of like a comfortability of being uncomfortable and I there's a lot of really really intelligent people out there in the world and it's a bit of a unique experience to be challenged to this extent in high school and like the formative years that allow you to just kind of be a little bit more nimble in your thinking and a little bit more nimble in your uh, I'd say in your tactfulness as you like become a professional and, and, and a I college think it student. Shows. 
I think like beyond the classroom too, mm -hmm. there's this sense of like, if you try hard and, and we're all smart people with a good, like a skill set to really understand how to get where we want to go. Um, so I think it is a really empowering uh, understanding of like, I know that if I want to do that thing, I can do yeah. three things and get there. And I mean, honestly, looking at, you know, where we are now, I feel like a, we're all doing stuff we actually really wanted to do, which I can't actually say for all the college grads that I know, but a lot of the end of grads, definitely. lower spring we were so. in every single class that class period we were in the same class except for one where we both were in different math classes but in the same, same time like, like we, we were literally had the exact same schedule so and it's like you sort of think if someone if you get along so well with someone and they're so important to you like you should find some cosmic way to like meet them but really with us it took <laughs> For months, we had to be doing the exact same every single day for every moment of the day, and then then we gradually started like sitting next to each other or like yeah, saying so hey. it took like a really and so we've always joked since that we need to send like the you know the people who do the schedules a fruit basket or something because it's like I really we might not I, I know we had a teaching fellow for English 300 which like going in I was like Alexander Mansell. I was like oh no this is like I don't know I want like an awesome like veteran teacher but like he was the best teacher I've ever had. So that class was really, class. I mean, I do like writing-ish stuff now, and that class was sort of where it started for me. So that's, we had a lot of things that we did that I thought were really ridiculous at the time. Like when we did Gatsby, we held a fake funeral and all wrote yeah. eulogies. And it was we definitely really, all complained about it. It was really time. strange. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. This is silly. But it was, it was really important. Like it, it's something I look back on and know was important to me and more important to me. We took a class together with um, Dr. Marshall Walker. Awesome. He's really awesome. Did you just class 600? I was 600, yeah. yeah. So we did independent research in her class, which is, I realized after going to college was like a super unique opportunity. Really rare. Yeah. For high schoolers just to even get the permits to be able to do that kind of research as a, someone who's under 18. Um, and Dr. Marshall is like such a mother figure, right? Yeah, think. she's so amazing, so nurturing. Like, you know, there was no wrong questions or anything. And really, like, made us really love science, I think. I think that just the breadth of, of, of things that were offered here were, was really amazing. Yeah. I mean, and, and so I kind of, you know, tended to dabble in, you know, rather than concentrating on one thing, I kind of, you know, took a little bit of everything from the smorgasbord of, of what was offered. I mean, I just got, I was just down at, uh, at the U room and they had a guide there, you know, uh, one of the teachers here is a geographer and he's got this great map collection and he was yeah. going over, you know, that, 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 yeah. The school got back in 2011, but he was explaining the maps and how they used the maps in the classrooms. And it's just, you know, that kind of thing where you kind of, there were a couple of really good synergistic courses that I had. I mean, I, I was always kind of a math guy and a history buff both. And we had a class that, um, that they had a, a, like a historical uh, quantification kind of thing where they you know, showed how historians use numbers. And it was a really neat class. But you know, that, I think that's probably more than anything what I really enjoyed you know, from, in terms of academics, just getting a look at all these various you know, areas of inquiry.
Let me tell you one thing that I remarked upon, and you might not want this kind of no, subject. We, we want honesty here. But, you know, the friendships, and, and, and this isn't just PR, the friendships were, for that period, very strong. And one of the reasons is that the faculty were separate and emotionally not really available. So for this stage of life, if you had lived at home, you might have sought your mother or father if you had a problem. But we sought our friends. That's great. So that era, and I think it was also at Andover, where the faculty were not psychologically in tune. It was the period of life. It wasn't, these, these schools didn't distinguish themselves like that. Like that. But is that, that's a different answer for you, right? That's great. We were allowed to go downtown on Wednesdays. Do you know why? Because the boys weren't down there? Exactly. And that kind of reflects the, the deliberate yeah. separation. We couldn't even write letters to boys at Andover. Now, that's peculiar. I mean, there were a lot of peculiar things about it. But, you know, we were young, and most of us were uh, clueless. And there was a lot of activity, a lot of work, a lot of sports, a lot of, you know, things to do. So, so there was some, you know, some exchange, but quite formal. And um, <clears throat> one of the things was behind Draper Hall, there was a maple walk, and on Sundays from 4 to 6, if you happened to have a bow, he could come and call, and you could walk the maple walk. Yeah, worthy of a chuckle. So it was like that. And uh, it was quite formal. It was a reflection of the times and of the traditions. Oh, I have a deep, well, especially since my sons have come here, and I've been, I was for a brief time on the, uh, on the trustees board. I was on the Abbott Academy Association. I've been on the Alumni Council for a couple of years. I'm devoted, and I think this school is the best. Five years didn't happen, yeah. or 10 years didn't happen, or however long it is, and you know, when you're here, and it, it's always going to be true, is you have groups and cliques and people that you, you hang with and you don't always interact a lot. I mean, I don't think Marty and I interacted a lot while we were here, no. but we've gotten to be really you know, good friends by just coming back here. And I think at this point in our lives, you know, I think you know, some of us are just happy to be here on, on, you know, on this side of the grass. <laughs> and I think that takes a lot of the, the edge away from you know, whatever it was that you know, created uh, you know, divisions back when we were here. No, but I think that there's like, there's a lot of people that you lose touch with, so it's nice to find your way back to them. And then people start to realize, like, oh, we don't live that far away from each other. We should definitely hang out more often. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? <laughs> we live very close to each other. Yeah, but we will hang out now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we're take every middle school, we took every class experience. Mr. Washburn walked into one of the dining halls, he was in like upper right or something, he was looking for a spoon. He had a big bowl of soup. <laughs> <laughs> he looks out and sees no spoon, he goes, you gotta be kidding me, he just walks out. But I mean, you know from Mr. Murphy, they say like, you guys need to return.
trying to smooch. It was funny and everything, but we need some smooch. <laughs> so we put them all in the lawn in front of Santa. And we made it a 12. We made it a 12. I love the Edison Gallery. Uh, I was pretty well built back in those days, so I made a little extra money posing in the nude over there for art students. So I had to go back to the scene of my former triumphs. Without a doubt, hardest class for me, architecture 100. <laughs> Cut myself an exacto oh, knife no like two oh, or yeah. three times. Got the worst grade in the class. Everywhere. I yep. found loopholes in the syllabus for 3D art freshman year just to get a four. <laughs> I had to grind my way to a four. Yeah. Well, graduation was definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. sort of moment where you realize, I did it. I, you know, I actually graduated and a freeing feeling and everyone was in a good mood that day. I think so much of our four years, everyone was kind of stressed out or at least a significant portion of people were stressed out because the academics are hard. But yeah. then when we graduated, everyone was in a good mood and happy and it was sunny. It was a great moment. I was gonna say even like just being in um, like lower left and like we kind of had like a like we had formed like a good group of friends like by our senior spring and like we would play games like playing cards and stuff like that um, at the table like after dinner because you didn't feel like you constantly had to like go and do work. It was like kind of we're almost nearing the end and like we really need to appreciate each other now um, before it's all gone. How can you? Um communicate the feeling that we have just sitting here where it's exactly the same as it was my case uh, 70 years ago and, uh, and we're still we feel the same way just our bodies aren't quite as good although John is still swimming three times a week in uh, down in Florida but I, I can hardly swim myself anyway. I've got five, five world records now in the 90 to 94 age group. Okay, what do you got? <laughs> well, I, I individually I hold a 50-yard breaststroke world record, and then I have uh, four relay records, two with men and two mixed relays with women. Congratulations. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, there's not much competition well, in that age group. You still got a world record. Who else has a world record? <laughs> yeah, I never thought I'd see a world record. I was really surprised. that I liked to perform. Um, now, I, I played the oboe for a long time. I was in the orchestra here. Mm. Like, great. <clears throat> but spring of my senior year, spring musical, I don't even know if they still have spring musical. but They do. Okay. It was Dracula this year. Okay, there you go. Well, my year, it was Greece. Okay. Okay. Danny Zuko, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, you know, I think I'm going to try out for this thing. Cool. Well, I got the lead. Okay. Now, I'm saying that only because, not because who cares, right? It's yeah. Five years ago. But... The effect of walking over, literally, we're, we're what, 30, 40 yards yeah. from, from GW, right? Yep. Walking up to the glass doors, which probably are the same glass doors. Probably the same. Painted, and looking at my name on that list. Actually, not because it was all about me. It wasn't. That wasn't the point. It was like something happened that I didn't expect. <laughs> yeah, it affected me. But I saw my name on that list, and it gave me, just like everything else in the education year, a new thought about what I was capable of. That's what this whole place was about to me. I couldn't believe what people believed I could do. 
And hmm. so that was, you know, case in point. So I still remember literally those stairs right over there as being probably one of the more central moments of my life. Now, is that pathetic? Yes. However, no. <laughs> however it's central. And yeah. I think a lot of kids who go here feel the same way something happens. They don't know what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, somebody will leave that my skill is Well, I, I think my best memory is about the Addison Gallery, Pat Morgan's class, Art Appreciation. But it was a real, um, it was just a relaxing time to see slides on European architecture and things like that. And, uh, you know, that was a great factor. But, uh, but I mean, living in, living together in Stewart, I mean, we were a, we were a very tight group there. And it was... I have very vivid memories of, like, late night, 12, 15 guys in yeah. one room just, yep. just chatting, doing just, nothing yeah. else but just talking. Yeah. Yep. No no video games, no movies, no, no anything else. Sitting around, talking BS. It was great. It was very different. Everybody was very relaxed. You know, competitive. It was... It, everybody, it was very cool to be very smart, I would say, wouldn't you say? It was, which, you know, is interesting when you have your own kids and if they go to an institution where that's turned on its head, you know, kind of the normal American experience, which is it's not cool to be really smart, so people tend to dumb themselves down. But here it was, you know, you could be a great athlete and a great uh, student. You could be a great student without being an athlete, didn't matter or creative. I don't, I'm sure it still exists, but when we were at Andover, the where you ate yeah, in commons was indicative of your social circle. Well, Freaks yeah. were uh, uh, on the upper I'd left. Say, yeah, our creative. And- <laughs> Freaks. Freaks. Yeah. <laughs> upper left. Where were the jocks? Lower right. Lower right. Right. Uh, upper right, I think, was everybody else, and lower left. I don't remember anymore. I think upper yeah. upper right was like uh, pre- really preppy, straight, good athlete, smart, kept their nose clean. Rock and roll was not really uh, something that the music department looked upon favorably. So we had we were we had to practice in Graves Hall, and to get in there, we had to sneak in. The, we'd leave a window unlocked on the you know the ground level, and so we'd sneak. We literally open that window and climb through the window and practice. Because we weren't smart. Another rock group. And I talked to Mel Kendrick yeah. when they talked to the music director. He said. What kind of music are you going to play in mind? He said, jazz, sir. <laughs> so, so they got, they got, we said rock and roll. Oh, I don't know, horrible stuff. And, and I think it shows. I mean, in any interaction with, you know, bosses, at least that I've had, and I'm sure these guys have had, 
you know, it's it's the skills that you get here that are the ones that they say, you know, we always look for somebody who can, you know, do these certain things. And I certainly wasn't getting those in college. That was all from here. Just being able to kind of do whatever is whatever's requested yeah, one do, but do whatever it takes right you, know, you just different attitude yeah whatever some people you know if you go through and you're not challenged every day to do something that you weren't prepared for you know early you're not going to get that where it's you know in college you can kind of do whatever you want at your own pace here you are doing a schedule and you are working hard but at the same time you have the resources around you that are making it so that you can actually do that and so it's hard at first but four years here by the end of it, it was just ingrained in us. So, this was the, the window that opened the rest of my life to me. Uh, in, in terms of, in terms of the, the teachers who were wonderful, I mean, the two things that were wonderful about Andover, especially wonderful, besides just, I loved the place, I liked to be in the place. I, I'm like a cat, I have a sense of place, yeah. and I love this. But also, uh, there, was, there was the students. Um, and and the faculty which were terrific. Oh, and the opportunity to do whatever you wanted to do. For me, it's writing. I mean, again, that helps me professionally now, I guess. But that's where I felt, you know, I felt prepared in most areas coming out of Andover. But that's where I really felt like I had a leg up. Just the the way that people teach you how to write here is, I think, really exceptional in a way that a lot of things that people are taught here are exceptional, but at least for me that stood out above anything else. Yeah, one more thing, um, that just the last thing I promise, <laughs> just is that I think like we learned that at Andover that like change can happen and should happen from the bottom up. And that's something that's super important to carry with us right now, that like as individuals, we have to do the work to make, you know, theater and comedy better, but also to make like our country and our world yeah. better. Yeah. That we can't wait for someone else to do that work. Yeah. Thanks Andover. Never fear, I would say. If, if, you've, if you paid any attention at all while you were here, you, you've been armed with things you have no idea will help you, and they will. Never fear, because it is such a tiny zillionth of a percent of people who get to experience this don't worry if it doesn't make sense right now. This would be, if you're asking my advice to people who just left, or are in college now, they're a couple years out of here, and, and they're like, it's even more bewildering than it felt here. I mean, God knows, you're teenagers and you're living with a bunch of other teenagers. You're just like, you know, it's, it's the Mediterranean Sea of hormones, right? You know, but, <laughs> but, you're like, you have a sense of something really important out there, but it's still not making sense, you never fear because what you're armed with in this place is just never ceases to help you. So don't, you know, be patient, I guess, but don't worry if it doesn't make sense. It will. Every Quarter is produced by the Office of Communication at Phillips Academy in Andover and made possible by a grant from the Abbott Academy Fund, continuing Abbott's tradition of boldness, innovation, and caring. Like what you've heard? Spread the word. Share EQ with friends and connect with us with hashtag EveryQuarterPodcast. You can also find us at podcast.andover.edu. Thanks for listening. I'm Jesse Wollner.